Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you are good to us. You are so good to us. Lord, even in the midst of, of difficulties that are happening within our nation and difficulties in our community and even within our own lives, Lord, you are good. And I pray that Maple Park Church, that we would be a people who always uh, see your goodness, even uh, through the most difficult times that we can face in life. Uh, Lord, you are always good, and I pray that we would always be a people who praise you for your goodness. And Lord, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit so that we, uh, in our lives, can, can bear the fruit of, of, of your goodness in our lives towards others. So teach us, Lord, through your word about what it means that you are good and that you have given us your Holy Spirit so that we can bear this fruit of goodness towards you and towards others. So give us your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts. Open our minds. May your word pass from the ear to the heart and from the heart out of our lives so that people will see that you are alive, so that people will see that you are at work within us. So we need you here, Lord. Thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're going to be reading from the 34th Psalm. We've already read verses 1 through 7 for our call to worship. But we're going to uh, read those verses again and then the entire psalm. So Psalm uh, chapter uh, 34, beginning with the first verse. Here David uh, writing this psalm. And we need to remember that, that when, when the authors, people like King David, wrote the psalms, they're writing these prayers or these songs out of, out of uh, their, their experience with God in the real world. So, so the biblical authors were people just like you and I, who experienced difficulty and hardship in their lives. And as they experience the difficulty and the hardship of life, they're living in relationship with God. And, and we're so fortunate that we have the prayers of, of people like David who went through horrible things. And as a response of, of, of a difficult thing that David went through in his life, in that the, the king, King Saul... King Saul was after him. King Saul wanted David dead. And so David was on the run. He was running from King Saul. And so while his life is under threat, and because of a particular incident in his life in which God delivered him from death, David writes this song. Psalm 34, 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not, not just when things are going well. Not when, when things are, are, are perfect in my life, but he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. David declares, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those that look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. David goes on to write, Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he is a good God. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And we can say, yeah, that is true. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we are in a sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. This is taken from one of the Apostle Paul's letters. The Apostle Paul wrote letters to many churches throughout the the, the ancient uh, regions uh, of the Roman Empire. One such city was Galatia. So Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, he, he gives us the list of the fruits of the Spirit. And we know what the fruits of the Spirit are, what, because it, especially if we've grown up in church, we've, we've learned these, that the fruit of the Spirit is what? You can say it. The fruit of the Spirit is? Love. Love. And then what? Joy. And? Peace. And? Patience. And? Kindness. And finally, goodness. it's not the last one, but this is what we're on today. Goodness. Goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And so that's we're going to be talking about today. What is this, this, uh, this goodness? Actually, in Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul contrasts 
the works of the flesh, he contrasts the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. All right? So the Apostle Paul in his letter is saying, here are the works of the flesh. Here are the works of the sinful nature. And then he says, here are the fruit of the Spirit. All right? So we're going to look at the context of the fruit of the Spirit as we begin today. From Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16. So the Apostle Paul writes, but I say... Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we're going to be really simple today, the works of the flesh are are bad. And the fruit of the Spirit is good. So we are challenged by Paul. To walk by the Spirit. And when we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful flesh. Verse 17, then he lists the desires of the sinful flesh. In a way, these are are the, the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. He says, for the desires of the flesh are, or better yet, against the Spirit... And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. Have you noticed this in your own life? You know what God has in store for you. Must be uh, some sort of an active alert, huh? Can we pray for that right now? What is that? Okay, let's go ahead and pray for that right now. Pray with me together. Lord, you know uh, the situation that's happening right now. Uh, Lord, our hearts break for children. And Heavenly Father, I pray for whoever this, this child is and what this situation is. We pray for your protection upon this innocent one. Give to our first responders, to our law enforcement, to all who are investigating into our community wisdom uh, to intervene in this situation. Give comfort to those who are fearful uh, for the life and the safety of this young one. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. So, contrasting the works of the flesh versus the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And you probably have experienced this in your own life, that, that there's this almost like this war inside of you, right? You want to do the right thing. You want to you always be a loving person. You want to experience the joy of the Lord. You want to be at peace. You want to have patience. And that's where I really struggle is patience. You, you want these fruits at work within your life, but then... You experience something else in your life, and that's, that's the, that which is opposed to all those good things that God wants you to experience. So we all have this struggle in life, and that's the struggle with sin. That The people that we want to be, oftentimes we're not that person. That's because we still have this human flesh that struggles with sin. And that's true of me. 
And that's true of every honest person in this room. That we all struggle to live the life that God has called us to live. We all struggle to live the life that the Holy Spirit is telling us to live in our lives. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And there Paul is basically saying you're not under this condemnation. Because the law condemns us. And the law says you're a sinner. And the law says that all you deserve is judgment and wrath and hell. But if you believe in Jesus, you're not under that that law which condemns. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And then he, he lists the works of the flesh, and they're evident of sexual immorality. The Greek word for sexual immorality is pornea. Pornea, what word do you think we get from that? Sexual immorality, impurity, that which is filthy. Sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. You know, we live in a world where people are against each other. There, there is, there's this strife and there's this enmity that exists Within our nation today, we have these polarized views of of politics and of morality in our world. There's jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So he lists. These these are not the fruit of the Spirit. And he can't even give a a full list because there are many things like these. And then he says, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there is a warning. There is a warning. We ought to take heed to that warning. And not take that warning Lightly. Then in verse 22, but he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. There's no law that says these things are bad. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The Bible speaks of us Christians as those who have died and as those who have been raised to new life. So we have, we have died to sin and we are raised as, new, as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And so to speak as simply as possible in relationship to this passage is to say that the works of the flesh are bad and the fruit of the Spirit is good. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So goodness is that which comes from God. That which comes from God through the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Did you know that all that is good in this world comes from God? All that is good comes from God. Blessings from Him. And God alone is good. And Jesus says, Why do you call me good? Because God alone is good. So God is the good one. So do you want goodness in your life? Do you want goodness in your life? If you want goodness in your life, then you need God. You need Him. Because He is the source of all that is good and right and true. Because no one is good. No one is good but God alone. So do you want that which is good in your life? What are you looking to? The only source of goodness, true goodness, lasting goodness, eternal goodness, is from God. So often we we invest our time, we invest who we are in things, but those aren't the, 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 the true and the lasting good that God wants us to experience in life. So only God is good, and that which proceeds from God is good. And God, the Holy Spirit, has begun a good work in you. He has begun a good work in you by His grace. And this good work that is in us is the work of the Holy Spirit. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are filled with the Spirit. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He begins to do a good work in us that we could never do for ourselves. So the Holy Spirit produces what is good, and that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that we, that we can recognize what's from God versus what's not from God? So we can, we can recognize what is good or what comes from God Versus what is bad, what doesn't come from God. And Jesus said so in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. In those verses, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And then verse 16 says this. You will recognize them by their what? Fruits. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Then he says, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, here's the warning again from Jesus, is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Hmm. So Jesus makes it clear. We can recognize the good from the bad by the fruit. We can recognize a true, a true shepherd, a true sheep by their fruit. So wouldn't it be great if, if, if we could be brought from the bad to the good? And I think that you guys know that we can if you know the gospel. And that's the whole story of the Bible, right? That's the whole story of redemption. Is, is we who are sinners, redeemed by grace, Brought from the bad to the good. And, and really, stories of, of people being brought from, from being the bad guy to being the good guy or even the hero, those are some of the best stories, right? And some of you could probably think of some movies where this, where this happened. At the tail end of, of, uh, of the Star Wars series, we have Darth, Darth Vader, Right? Well, he was good at first, then he, then he went to the dark side, but in the, in the end, he was what? He was brought back to that which is good. He was brought back to the light. So, um, uh, more recently, I don't know who, who here is a Star Trek fan. Not very many Star Trek fans in here. Oh, there's a few here. I'm, I'm a Star Trek fan. There's a new, a new series of Star Trek and, and the Borg Queen, now the Borg are the, are the bad guys in Star Trek since the next generation. They're the bad guys. You probably have heard resistance is futile. Uh, they, they, they take over worlds and make them into robot people. <laughs> well, in, in the latest series, the Borg Queen becomes good and saves planet Earth. I'm sorry if I ruined it for you. <laughs> uh, if, you're in, if you're into uh, Marvel, into the Marvel mo movies, Bucky Barnes. So there are stories out there, and we love those stories of the bad becoming the good. And, and God is in the business of, of bringing people from the bad to the good. That's why Jesus came. That's his purpose in coming. And for a person to become good, that person must first taste. As David says in Psalm 34, they must first taste and see that the Lord is good. And he is so good. He has an unconditional love and compassion and grace for sinners like you and I. He hasn't left us in our condition of, of being bad, of being sinners. But he came to us to rescue us and to forgive us of our sins and to give us a new heart, a heart that produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit 
So my prayer is that you would taste and that you would see not how good I am and not how good, you know, we try to be, but, but you would first and foremost taste and see how good God is. And how does that happen? How can a person, as David says in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good? How does that happen? How does a person taste and see that the Lord is good? I believe the only way a person can taste and see that the Lord is good is when God himself, when God himself reveals himself to an individual. It's the only way it can happen. There is no way for us, we don't have the capacity, we don't have the ability to connect with God, but but God, He comes to us, He connects with us, and because He takes the initiative, because He's the one who says, I love you, and I come to you, we can taste and see that He is good. And He does this through the work of His Word. Uh, you know, the, the Holy Spirit working in our hearts, this isn't some sort of esoteric, um, mysterious thing. It's, it's just as simple as God speaking to you. But not God speaking to you apart from means. He speaks to us through the means of His Word. And in His Word, He says, I love you. In His Word, He promises you forgiveness. In his word, in the scriptures, he promises you that that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when you hear that word, when you hear the word of the gospel, that is God coming to you. So that you can taste and so that you can see that God is good. And this is something that we can't do. We cannot have a connection with God apart from God coming to us. And we believe this because we believe in human depravity. Humanity is is depraved. That means that we are sinners separated from God. And this happened through the fall in the Garden of Eden. But the miracle of God is that, that He comes to us in His grace by means of the Word, and He causes us to taste and to see that He is good. And when we taste and see that He is good, when we trust in Him, when we believe in Him, we become a new creation. A new life is born within us. We're born of the Spirit. We're born from above. We're born again. And that new nature and the power of the Holy Spirit produces good fruit. Paul says that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good, right? To do good works. So I don't believe for a second that humanity is by nature good. We need God. We need God. We need that connection with Him by His grace in order to experience uh, everything that He has that is good for us. Now certainly, uh, people who are not saved, they can do good works for their neighbor. 
There's a capacity for unbelievers to do some really neat and good things for each other. But what I'm talking about that is that good that is eternal. That good that is eternal. You know, uh, even, even the, the worst of people within society have a capacity to do some really good things. What I'm talking about is what is truly good, uh, eternal good, that good which comes from God. We don't have that capacity unless God comes to us, forgives us of our sins, and fills us with the Holy Spirit. I like to compare God's goodness, this, this good grace, to a car, to an old car, an old car that the engine has seized up. It's in a barn. Nobody's paid any attention to it for decades. And then somebody who has the ability, somebody who has the capacity, the skill, drags that old car out of the barn, pulls the old engine out, puts a new engine in, begins to do the work of restoring it and making it beautiful again. That's like the work that God does in us. You see, the car doesn't have the ability to to fix itself. To make itself good and useful again. We're the same way. You see, God looks at humanity and he says, I value humanity. I love humanity. But I don't want to leave humanity in its broken state. I want humanity to know and to be restored to my goodness. And so he comes to us in his grace, through the word of the gospel, through the promises of the Bible. And when we hear them, when we hear those promises, when they enter into our heart, they pass. And if we don't harden our hearts, and you have the ability to, to say no to these promises, you have the ability to reject these promises. But if we have a soft heart, and he that word enters into the, into the ear, into the heart, and we are born again. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to be people who, who produce good fruit in our lives. As a new creation, you have a new heart, filled with the Holy Spirit, able to do good. So how can we grow in the goodness of God? Well, David tells us in Psalm 34, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And here's a key aspect of this that we have to latch on to. Verse 9, Oh, what? Oh, fear the Lord. This is how we grow as Christians in goodness. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. He says, the young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see what? May see good. Keep your tongue from evil 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do what? Do good. Seek peace. Seek peace and pursue it. This is strange uh, to, to our ears, but, but the fear of the Lord is key. The fear of the Lord is crucial. Do you have the fear of God within you? Because there's no goodness. There's no goodness apart from the fear of the Lord. Hmm. Now it's interesting because it seems as if David is contradicting himself in Psalm 34. In Psalm 34, verse 4, he, he said, I sought the Lord, he answered me, and he, he delivered me from all my fears. So at the beginning of, of the psalm, he speaks of fear as something that's bad. And then later on in the psalm, he speaks of fear as something that's good. Well, in verse 4 of Psalm 34, David speaks of fear as something to escape. As something that we don't want. And we can't see this in our English translations. But the word translated as fear in verse 4 is a different word used for fearing God in the other verses. In verse 4, the word, the Hebrew word, is akin to, to terror, anxiety, a lack of peace. In verse 9 and following, the word is, is akin to standing in awe. Standing in awe before this righteous and holy God. Standing in reverence before Him. Standing in such a way that we understand who we are before a righteous and a holy God. It's not to be afraid of God, but it's to understand your place before this righteous and holy God. The Bible defines the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, always leads to goodness. The fear of the Lord is not living afraid of God. Rather, it's fearing living in a way that doesn't hold God in awe and reverence. That's the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says in Psalm 8.13 that the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. If you fear the Lord, you're going to hate evil. In Psalm 16.6 it says, And by the fear of the Lord one turns away from evil. And in Psalm 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are you living with the fear of the Lord? Let me ask you this question. If you were stranded on a deserted island with about a dozen people, and you can't get off the island, you ever watch the series Lost? All right. <laughs> that was a good series. Stranded on a deserted island with a bunch of people, would you want to be stranded on a deserted island with people that don't have the fear of God in them? No, you wouldn't. We would want to be 
with people who have the fear of God in them. Because those who hold God with a sense of awe and reverence, they hate evil, they pursue good, and they live with wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is a good thing. So how do we grow in this goodness? Fear of the Lord. When we come to a, a, a situation in life where we realize that we're, that we're living in a way in which we're not fearing the Lord, then, then the Bible tells us to repent. That is to change, to, to turn around, and to believe the good news of the gospel. So repent and believe the good news of the gospel. That's ultimately how you enter into a right relationship with God, is to repent and to believe the good news. To say, Lord, I am a sinner. I live my life in a sinful way. I don't fear you. I don't live in awe and respect of you. I, have, I haven't lived that way. So, Lord, I repent of that. And I trust in Jesus. I trust in what he did upon the cross for me. That he went to the cross to shed his blood. And through the shedding of his blood, I have the forgiveness of all of my sins. And then seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit, practically. Repent, believe the gospel, and then, and then seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, this isn't some esoteric, mysterious thing. This is simply being a people with God's Word open, with the Bible open. Because the Holy Spirit works through the Word. He works through the Word. That is the primary means through which he does a good work in our lives. So seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means you open the scriptures. You read the scriptures. You pray the scriptures. You don't understand everything you read in the Bible? Nope. There's a lot of parts of the Bible. I, I open up and I read it and I'm like, whoa, what does this mean? And I run to the shelf in my library and my study and I have to pull books off and start to... Read, or better yet, I just go talk to Pastor Dirk, and I said, what does this mean, Dirk? And he usually has the answer for me. We can't grow in goodness apart from his word, because that's how the Holy Spirit works, is through the word. So we should be a people who have our Bibles open daily. We should be a people, or as my seminary professor would say, we get to be a people who have our Bibles open daily. There's a, there's a difference between I have to and I get to, right? This is a gift. To open the word of God so that God can speak to us and the Holy Spirit can do this good work, producing the fruits of goodness within us, that we would desire what God desires, that the, 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 the desires and the ways of the flesh would begin to be crucified within us, and that we would live out this life that he has for us. See, some of the best stories are stories of people being brought from the bad to the good. And that's the business that God's in. And that's the work that he desires to do in your heart today. It is a process. But that process starts today with saying, Lord, I need you. Because there's no good apart from you. So I humble myself before you today, afresh and anew. And I say, Lord, come. Thank you for being merciful and gracious to forgive me.
Thank you, Lord, for being so full of grace that though I have done things that are bad, you haven't rejected me, but you love me with an everlasting love. That's how it begins. And then to say, Lord, we want to be a people of the word, with our Bibles open, being led by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We do thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, there's no goodness in us apart from you. So fill us, Heavenly Father, with your word. May we hear your word so that your Holy Spirit can do that good work within us. That we would be a people who bear the fruits of the Spirit for the benefit of our neighbors and to your glory alone. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen. Would you please?